Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. This podcast is brought to you by Dragon Shield. Use code PLAYTOWIN5 at the affiliate link down below for 5% off to help support the show. Welcome to the Play to Win podcast, where we talk about winning in CEDH. I'm Cam. I'm Dylan. And this week, we are implementing a completely new podcast structure for the year of 2024. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a couple of uh, themes or, or boxes or sections. What we are they have called? segments that segments. we're going to do. Yeah, we're okay. going to do segments on the podcast yeah. now. So I think this would be a great way for us to be able to hit as many topics as we need to in the podcast. Starting the year off strong. I'm excited. Yeah. January 2024. Structure. Let's go. Structure. Yes. Structure and Something organization. Something both of us are great at. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So we'll see how long it lasts and how well it goes. But I'm excited to implement this new structure. Okay. So our first segment is called The Foreseeable Future for As Far As I Can See It. Okay. I like the lengthy titles that are repetitive. That's a good start. Oh, yeah. No, these won't be like short and succinct segments. No, no, no. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I mean, this is a good time to be talking about the future. It's January, beginning of the year. Exactly. Talking about what we think is coming up. Yeah, so uh, we figure this would be the predictions of 2024 time, basically, is what this is. Is this going to be, is this a recurring theme, this one in particular, where like every week we talk about the predictions of 2024? It could be. Okay. My other thought was that once we visit a segment, we never visit it again. even better <laughs> yeah like it's just and like even if we do revisit a segment it's titled differently okay yeah right. but like we'll, we'll but talk slightly, about that later like, but yeah, okay but funny for now that's basically the, the premise great there's a lot of different things that could come up this year okay um in the cedh meta as we take a look at you know how it's been in 2023 it's really gone through a lot of changes and it changes quite a bit throughout the course of a calendar year as well i would also say that strangely the cdh meta is kind of small enough where different regions might be different as well also true yeah so it's hard to get a full grasp of what the whole meta looks like but we do have a lot of tournaments we're getting closer and closer to kind of getting an understanding of what the cdh meta can look like so we're going to talk about what where we see the meta going right exactly yeah how it's evolving and we can't talk about where we're going without knowing where we're at first for me right now a lot of my games have become very grindy very ristic study very engine dependent Tivit is still pretty good, although in the tournament scene, Tivit may be winning down a little bit. I feel like Tivit's at that point in its commander lifespan now where it's been the boogeyman of the format, and now people are learning how to play against it. Everyone knows you say clue instead of treasure, and now it's just having a harder time sticking its landing where before, when less people knew how to play against it, it could like get away yeah. with more wins. I think you see the same thing with Commanders like Winota. We talk about that all the time. Yeah. They also, this is just kind of the life cycle of a competitive commander. The most powerful commanders that can be figured out often do get figured out, which is why things like Timnit and Krom often rise to the top because 
you can't really do anything about them, and they're not even necessary. They're just How extra do you prepare draw, for them. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But either way, I am still seeing the meta in a more grindy state, more engines, more focused on things like that. So for me, the biggest prediction is I think Seedborn Muse is going to make a comeback in 2024. That's a great card for grinding. So I can definitely see that too. Yeah, if we're grinding, if we're risk studying, if we're trying to get as much advantage as possible, especially with the one ring getting much stronger. Not that yeah. you need more help. You don't need something else with the one ring to make it good. But God forbid you do get these two out together, you take over the game in a turn cycle very easily. Yeah, you really do. I've been playing Seedboard Muse on my Kenrith list, and when I was putting my current Kenlist, Kenrith list together, I was not noticing a lot of other people leaning in on Seedboard Muse, and I think that's because a, a lot of Kenrith lists will kind of look at Kenrith as more of the backup plan as opposed to a deck that's trying to jam out Kenrith as quickly as possible. Yeah, and your plan for Kenrith is very much like, this is a Kenrith deck. I'm yes. trying to make Kenrith good, and I like that right now. If you're, Especially if you're doing Seaborn, if you're doing the engine stuff, Kenrith is the engine. He is the end game. He's, and he does everything you need right. to do in order to be that end game. As far as late game strength, Kenrith has it all. So if you're looking to push into the late game, Kenrith, I think, is a great option to do that, and I think going forward, that is going to be the case. Yeah, so I'm, I definitely agree with you. I've been really happy with Seaborn Muse in the meta right now, and I can only imagine that the more cards that I'm trying to draw and the more mana I'm trying to use in a game, Seedborn Muse is like the way to make the most amount of mana possible in a game of CEDH, yeah. probably, right? Besides maybe Dockside, and you're going to be using Dockside with Seedborn Muse. I guess, like, yeah. Like it's probably okay. in the short term, Dockside's yeah. better, but if you want like a long-term investment, Seedborn Muse is going to get you there. Yeah. And often, all you need with Seedborn Muse is just a turn cycle. If you can activate yeah, really. you know, one, two, three, four, and do different stuff, you'll be able to take over the game pretty quickly. Um, but if the format does go in that direction, if we do lean more in towards engines and more late game and more Seedborn Muse, I also think things like Narset Part of the Veils and more prominently Orcish Bowmaster are going to get even better. Things that punish that card draw, I think are also going to continue to be and become even more valuable in 2024. While we're on that topic, I think the growth of Shieldred the Apocalypse will even see more prominence as well, too. Definitely. I've been trying Shieldred in Blood Pod, and it's been great. It's like a clock on a lot of decks. Yeah. It slows down the decks that are trying to grind and do all the engine stuff a lot because they have to second think about some of their draws, and oftentimes they're not going to, but before you know it, they're going to be like 10 life and you might be able to just finish them off um so i definitely agree things like shieldred narset and i'm also stretching towards other things anything that can punish card draw i'm looking at notion thief a little bit more hard than i normally would have even with orcish bowmaster even with orcish bowmaster because they're not always going to have the bowmaster you do have counter spells in your deck yeah like, i understand the the thought process of trying to play around orcish bowmaster but just having other ways to punish that same thing that orcish bowmaster punishes I'm looking at a little bit more than true. I was six months ago. If you're trying to be a little bit more aggressive on the punishing as opposed to the defensive on the receiving end. And especially if you're the type of deck that wants a couple of stacks pieces, if you just want a little light stack sprinkling in, I think sprinkling in the draw hate is going to be helpful for those I think so too. The only problem that I have with your argument, I, th I think Give I agree with you on everything else, is yep. that you said that you have counter spells and you don't really for Orcish Bowmaster. So that's true. So that, yeah. That's the only thing that I would say. But otherwise, I think I agree with you in the decks that are like more in these grixis colors anyway you're not trying to jam a ton of stacks pieces but the advantage pieces which is really what they are yeah. notion thief is getting you advantage and also hating on what the other players trying to do so it, it kind of because it crosses those two boxes off i think that's why that's going to be more acceptable even with its fragile 
toughness. Do you think more hard counters will become more prominent because people are finding, oh, fuck, I can't counter Orcish Bowmaster? Are we going to see more mana drains, more um, delays, more things like that? Definitely, and especially because the format's slowing down. You're going to have the time to hold up your mana more, um, especially because the more things you're going to want to do are at instant speed, like casting your own Orcish Bowmaster. Yeah. So I think having two mana counters is definitely going to be more important probably in 2024 than it's ever been. When we first talked about Stern Scolding, is that the name of the Lord of Rings card? Yeah, that the creatures? blue mana's counter that counters a creature with CMC, two or less? Two or less, I'm no, pretty sure. No, just two. Just two? Exactly two? Let me scryfe all this shit. It's called what again? Stern, Stern Scolding? Stern Scolding, I think. Fool of a Took. And I'm not sure that this is going to be good, but cards in this direction are things I'm looking at. Hey, we I'm totally wrong. Counter target creature spell with power or toughness Two or less. Power or toughness. So not CMC. Power or toughness, two or less. So it would counter Orcish Bellmaster, Dockside, Thassa's Oracle, all the good ones. Normally, I don't like counter spells that don't counter counter spells, if that makes sense, because I want my counter spells to be good at stopping threats and also stopping being offensive and defensive. That's where I want counter spells a lot of the time, whereas this only is offensive. It stops you. It's not defensive. It doesn't protect you in any way, right? And what makes this work, like this is something you would play in instead of a removal spell like a traditional removal spell like a pongify basically yeah but what i like about having pongify instead is that you don't need it for exactly when the creature's on the stack like it gives you a lot more flexibility and it can kind of also help you not hit the wrong thing too and i get i get that this stops the enter the battlefield abilities the win too. conditions it stops the big win conditions and yeah tbs right but i feel like i like dress down more because dress down is going to be more universal and even though it's a mana more it draws a card i can use it aggressively to help me win the game as well and instead of like it just being a defensive thing so i don't know i don't think for me i don't think this is enough of a tool in yeah with everything else we have in the format. I agree. I, I want more cards like this in this direction. I don't think this is quite it. Just not this one. Just yeah. not this one, but more um, hard counter spells like th this, I think, will be helpful in 2024. But oftentimes, by the time you're given an opportunity to counter the Thassa's Oracle, your opponent is protected. They have a Grand Abolisher. They have extra counter spells in their hand. They have a way to stop this. So, yes, like that they could have something is not the greatest argument, but more often than not, I want to stop them before they get too ahead. I want to have the option to counter the ad nauseum, not have to say the ad nauseum resolves, but after you have 30 cards in your hand and you try to cast Thoracle, <laughs> then, then I can counter it. We're like, eh, that's not as helpful. Oh, man, that's Whereas, also a situation you know, that, like, you never hear about. Right. That, that, like, oh, well, they just have Dockside Extortionists all the time. Well, no, they don't. also don't have that, but, like, they found it with Necro. They found it with Ristic Study. They found it with the other thing that you couldn't counter with this thing. So the Christmas land, the fantasy, the peak is really good. It just in my experience, it won't often play out. All of that, I brought this card up. I'm saying, like, I want more cards like this, and in the same breath saying this one stinks. Not but this one. More not cards this one, like maybe. this, but not this one. Plus, like, the whole game, you're holding up one blue mana until one of these spells hits the stack, too. So you're also just kind of, like, nailing your foot into the ground and not allowing yourself to go ahead in maybe spots where you might need to. Right. Pay for Ristic Study instead of holding this up, or just, like— be more a little bit more conservative and like hold up two mana with your dress down instead whatever the situation is i just think there's again better things than i don't know why we're talking about this card so much <laughs>
what other cards do you think we Manadrain. should be playing Instead more? of this, Manadrain. I want Play more Manadrain. Manadrain, yeah. I want more versatile things. Things that can counter the Thassa's Oracle, but can also counter the Ad Nauseam, the Ristic Study, the Engine. And honestly, that are going to give me a huge bonus the for tempo. doing so, too. I want the yeah. Tempo, yeah. So for me, Manadrain is a big one. Um, and then also, I had one more thing. Um, Path to Exile, removal spells, I think, in the same vein as yeah. Manadrain. Extra ways to kill stuff on the board will be helpful, but more than Stern Scolding, I want Path to Exile first. Yeah, I know we've talked a lot about Path to Exile this year, more than I even thought that we would Yeah, this year. It's the immediately 2024. Shit! <laughs> but I do like Path to Exile, especially in a format where people are playing four or five color decks a ton and really not running any basics. It's just like a straight-up one mana removal spell with no downside yep i imagine as you get later in tournaments and you get to a top four that's full of blue farms and blue farm yeah right is my brain melting yeah blue farm blue farms <laughs> and tivets more four and five color decks that aren't playing basics a lot of times path to exile tivets that was stupid Tivit doesn't play basics. Cut that out. Oh, they don't? No, I play basics in my Tivits, but the other ones, the list that I saw didn't play basics. A lot of three-color lists don't because they just don't need to. I feel like I'm starting to run, like, one basic at least in I, some of my three-color decks I am definitely now. pushing towards that because I know the amount of times I, like, market how many times, like, Path to Exile is just better than Swords. Basically, every time. It's a, it's a, a surprising amount that it's just a, they just don't have a basic to find. Not even just like that, but, like, in your three-color decks... Sometimes I don't even want to be tutoring my shock lands with my fetch lands. Yeah. I'd much, ra much rather just, like, be able to get a basic and save myself some life, especially really if I'm in, like, Grixis even, too. And yeah, I guess that's fair. Yeah, you want the option to do that in Grixis. That is fair. I wonder also if we are going down this grindy uh, meta, this Rhystic Study world. Yeah. Do you think things like Winota could make a comeback or things that put a pressure on the life total? Do you think stuff like that could make a comeback? Well, I think that if you're doing it in conjunction with other things that are presenting pressure on the life total, I think that would work out. The problem with Winota right now is that all the best ways to put pressure on life total are in black. Like the cards we've been talking about are Shieldred and Orcish Bowmaster. And like if we look into like the Talion deck that we've been talking about a lot recently, Talion has that minus two life loss thing and exquisite blood also is in black like these are all effects that Winota's not really getting Winota does have access to Sardian Avenger but I don't know how many Winota lists have been playing that yeah that's fair I but do, it might be the direction that they want to go in I do agree the way to deal the damage is going to be the black cards like Shield and Bowmaster but it makes me wonder if things like Sarah Ascendant might be a little better I've often thought that card is just a trap I don't think it's very yeah. good um, but if your opponents are just sitting on a bunch of engines I've had a ton of games in Tivit where I just have a bunch of engines and I can't close the game out yet but I have a grip full of counter spells but grip full of counter spells doesn't stop a Sarah Ascendant attacking every turn so maybe yeah that's I true i think if your sarah ascendant is doing something more than just pressuring life totals i think it's helpful Timna, like if, yeah if Timna you're doing something, something with cards. that or, or like if you even have like a way to sacrifice it later i don't know just like something else than just being a life total adjuster then i think that that's okay but on its own i think it might be a little bit not great that's fair okay but i can i can see where you're going with that like maybe maybe like a Naya maybe in like a Naya deck even where like your whole strategy like does Jetmir just get better in twenty twenty four now? Maybe I don't know. Maybe instead yeah, of maybe. Winota, like we're just adding green, playing collector oof yeah, and leaning and in more on that. Just try to kill your opponents, play all the big stuff. I also think about things like Dargo. Dargo quietly gets an extra tool, like once or twice a set, it feels like uh, that just does something with high power creature for a low cost, draws a bunch of cards equal to power, things like that. Um, Dargo has the, the side benefit of also being able to beat face. So I wonder if 
Dargo decks will get a little bit better, maybe. Just exploding and drawing a bunch of cards every turn and then just attacking for seven while you do it. Maybe Jessica Ishai. It's time to go back to Jessica Ishai Jessica and play Ishai. more mid-rangey instead of Stormy. What about Ishai Dargo? Two beat sticks in the command Two zone. Two beat sticks in the command zone. Ishai gets huge, and the effects that you use for Dargo for the big power also translate really well there. Yeah, I might have some thinking to do about some that. Some thinking must be done. I have a personal connection to Jessica over that's fair. Dargo, yeah, and that's I have fair. a hunch that I'm not going to be good at Dargo math either. Dargo math is a little tricky at first, but uh, you you can get there. There's a couple mental shortcuts that I think help you out, but Dargo math is tricky. Jeweled Lotus is five. Jeweled Lotus is five. Lotus yeah. Petal is three. Fetchlands don't count. Fetchlands don't count. <laughs> don't I made that mistake like twice, and it's like I already knew this. Why did I make that mistake again? I feel like playing Dargo just opens me up to getting oh, <laughs> comments yeah. about how I'm missing. You will all be the made time. a fool of the first like ten times. You play Dargo but after that it gets really good I think are there any cards or decks that you think might see less play we've been talking a lot about things that are seeing more play but let's go to the opposite of that less play none come to mind right off the bat um what about you do you have an answer to this question we have here in the notes that green cards just might see less sure, play as yeah. we just keep leaning which is funny because we just talked about how good seedboard muse Board might Muses. end up being yeah but I feel like seedboard muse is good in the decks that are incidentally playing green and not leaning into green like yeah. even though it's a double green spell I'm still like kind of splashing it in my green decks a lot of the time. I think I would lean closer to Kenrith instead of Thrasios um, Bruise, Bruise right or now. Timna or even Vile Smasher. I, th I think Kenrith is the Seedborn shell that I'm thinking of when I think of Seedborn Muse, which Kenrith plays maybe a small handful of green cards and not the ones that I'm thinking about when we say green cards here. For me, Mana Dorks are getting less and less interesting less and less powerful they're not keeping up with the rest of the meta the way that we're going right? the only one that i'm playing now is death right shaman and that's just because it has other utility and has two butt it's basically also graveyard hate it's good against underworld breach if you time it right i still like birds of paradise the fixing is great but it's on the chopping block for sure and a lot of the other ones i've also trimmed down on too especially in a deck that can play like lotho now too like i feel like i don't it does have one toughness, but I don't also feel like I need so many mana dorks. This can get me mana on the turn it comes out, and more than one a lot of the times, too. Yeah, that's true. I guess leaning more towards engines for the mana production will probably be, if we're going into the engine world, that might be where we're doing. So more we can, cards that we think are going to see more yeah. play. Smothering Tithe. Oh, woof. Yeah, big time. Smothering Tithe. If we're slowing down, if we're getting into that world, Smothering Tithe is great there. Yeah, definitely. But other, other cards or decks that we think might fall out of the meta a little bit more? No, I mean, I can't really think of any my my gut says Atraxa will fall out a little bit only because I think Atraxa is um good because it's new and it's good enough but I think other things will take Atraxa's place that seven mana mana cost just makes your commander kind of not really useful until you're winning a lot of the times um not having access to something in the early game seems I don't know it just seven just seems a little bit too much for me but um the, de the deck has been winning that would be my, my one can like my one prediction is that i think attraction might fall out what about you are there any other decks for you that you think might not show up quite as much in 2024 not until the meta totally shifts around yeah like i think that we will start to see the meta kind of take a turn eventually at some point in this year i don't know exactly when it will be but part of me thinks that with everything slowing down so much we're going to get to a breaking point where people are going to realize well, we should just be playing fast decks again because everyone's playing yep. two mana counters. And if I can like get a win on my turn two while it's still some someone's turn one, no one's going to have interaction for my really quick win. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, our format is a, a rock, paper, scissors, I think, a lot of the exactly, time. Exactly, so yeah. we will go through those cycles. And I kind of agree. If everyone does slow down and say, I'm not really going to get started until turn three. I'm going to spend the first two turns kind of establishing my engines. 
sometimes the ad nauseum player can just win through one Ristic study. You know what I mean? They can just wheel, wheel, wheel. Rogsai can be really good into those metas because you can get underneath them a lot of the time. So maybe we'll eventually switch back to Turbo Turbo Turbo, but... Um, it's kind of hard to judge. It really depends on what cards get printed throughout the year. It really is. And speaking of cards that will get printed throughout the year, should we talk about some of the upcoming sets that are coming out? Yeah, let's talk about them. All right, so there's a lot of new shit that's coming out this next year. Murders at Karlov Manor is the first set that's coming out that we've already heard a little bit of rumblings about. Yeah. We're getting a clue secret lair for that set. Okay. With uh, some... Cards from the board game Clue. Nice, very cool. This is very exciting for me. My family is huge into Clue. Big Clue people. Big Clue, to the point where like we finish a regular game of Clue way too soon. So my brother got the Clue Expanded Edition that has like extra rooms and extra people, and now we have fun with it again. That's great. It's so fucking fun. This is also Return to Ravnica. Return to Return to Return to Ravnica. This or is the re Return to the Return to the Return to Ravnica. It's three. This is the third, the fourth time we've been here. Or is the third. This is the... This is fourth time, I think, right? So yeah, return to return to return to Ravnica. Because last time we were here, Dak Faden died, and it was the War of the Spark. Right, yeah, with Liana and Nicobolas and all that. Yeah, they were all doing that. Who died? Do you know who dies in this set? Uh, I have no idea. In I don't murders? know the story, really, for Magic a lot of the time. I wish I did. I wish it was a cool anime, but I can't read a, a blog entry. I just... I can't do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Honestly, anything that's read anymore, I, I can't really do. There's to be pictures. If there's no pictures, I can't find it. Honestly, the words also have to be coming out of a speech bubble, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. Totally agree. I can't seem to find really quickly who who dies, who the murderer at Karlov Manor is. That's not important. It's probably Tasa. You know what? Tasa's probably dead. I feel like if this is a Ravnica set, we're going to get some good two-color stuff, right? Yeah, Some definitely. good guild stuff. Do you think we'll get a new Niv-Mizzet that will be really good and work Maybe. with Food Chain again? We could. That would be pretty cool. Where is Niv-Mizzet dead or alive? Do you know? I don't know anything about the story. Last we saw Niv-Mizzet, he was the living guild pact, oh, right? right. Five color And it still. was the five-color one that when it ETB'd, you get to look at the top ten cards of your library, take as many two... And as many yeah. individual color combinations as you want out of it. And then eventually we'll get hand. a Niv Mizzet that works with Food Chain well, I think. It seems like we've gotten a couple that are close. If a, a new five color Food Chain Commander would be cool, I don't really see First Liver anymore. First Liver Food Chain isn't really great. I don't really like that deck in general. Atraxa just is, seems better, right? But Squee is powerful. So if you have a good reason to run Squee with a Food Chain Commander, that would be pretty exciting. Yeah, I think so too. I also expect two color cards are often two mana. And if they're any good, that means they'll be mid range and control cards. They're probably not going to be turbo cards just because right. turbo cards, you want to spend less mana on them, which kind of leads more into the maybe this set will push more into the Ristic study world. You know what I mean? Yeah, more I into like two and three mana like creatures even that will have some kind of long term effect. I'm expecting more stuff like Lotho, more two mana, two color engines that do shit kind of like that, which pushes more us into that uh, grindy mystic study study world um that's what i'm looking for i think we're also going to see a lot of commanders that will be very close to cedh playable in these two colors but probably ultimately won't be long-term cedh commanders just because they're held back by their color combinations yeah we've we've gone over this a couple of times the best way to lose games in cdh is to play two colors <laughs> <laughs> yeah really really just when you look at the conversion rates of the best decks besides kinnon most of them are three colors and up most of them are four colors and up really i really can't um, see them printing another kinnon in this and set. yeah so yeah. like when that's your threshold of like you have to be about as good as kinnon to see play as a two color commander in cdh now like Obviously, Obnixilis just came out, and we talked about how good it was. Talion just came out, and we talked about how good it was. 
the the uh, the level is still Kinnon. And until those decks start winning, the level is still Kinnon. Maybe yeah. those decks are there. Maybe other decks at that power level and those commanders like that could be good enough, but Kinnon's still the level. And so. Kinnon's had a lot of time to prove itself That's too. True. These Talion and Omnixilis decks really haven't. So again, if you're watching this video like way in the future, you could be laughing at us and being like, oh my God, Omnixilis is like the top dog because <laughs> so-and-so was printed this year. But right. at the same time though, again, they, they still have a big shoes to fill if they're going to get to that spot, even eventually. Yeah, definitely. When we're in singleton format, so the more colors you have access to, just the overall power of your deck just increases by a lot, so your commander has to be nuts for it to be good enough. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're also getting some Fallout Commanders in 2024 as well, some Fallout cards. I know we've seen a couple cards in the set, but from what I remember, they've all been reprints so far. Is there's that a, true? There's a food chain. There's, there's a, a food, food chain. chain commander. Oh, what's a, a food chain commander? food chain commander. Can we bring it's that, that one up? Mothman. Oh, we did talk about this briefly. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about Mothman real quick. The Wise Mothman is this card. Do you want me to read it real yeah, quick? Yeah, it's we'll read it. one, a black, a green, and a blue for a 3-3 legendary insect mutant. It has flying, and when it enters the battlefield or attacks, each player gets a rad counter. So you become awesome. Whenever one or more <laughs> non-land cards are milled, put a plus one, plus one counter on each of up to X target creatures where X is the number of non-land cards milled this way. So I think the problem is can I, I have can to I read know, this? I'm sorry. That was too many words. I got to read this for myself. The problem is that this card doesn't explain what a rad counter is. Right. But I think the rad counter mills. And when it enters the battlefield, it mills, and that's what you're doing. You can infinite mana food chain to mill the table. A rad counter, I believe, says at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, if you have any... Hold on. No, that's what radiation is. No, no. Okay. So radiation, it's like a rad counter goes on the radiation. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, if you have any rad, rad counters, mill that many cards. For each non-land milled this way, you lose a life and get a rad counter. Um, so enters the battlefield, get a rad, ca rad counter at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, mill that many cards. Hold on. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Use food chain to infinite creature mana. Yeah. You cast wise Mothman. Every time it enters, each player gets a rad counter. Rad counter, rad counter, rad counter. Each player is getting player a, rad gets a rad counter. counter. You give everyone a million rad counters. Yeah. Then you go to your pre-combat main phase right afterwards, which is your pre-combat. You have to wait? Yeah, at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase? Wait a minute. Let me think again. Oh! Did you figure it out? This is what happens. Give it to me. So you give everyone infinite rad. I'm with you there. And then you pass the turn. Right. And then everyone has a radiation token that says at the beginning of that player's pre-combat main That's phase. That's what it is. If you have a rad counter, and they do, they have infinite rad, you mill your whole library and you lose life equal to your whole library that you milled. Okay, so everyone still gets an upkeep, but that's it. Yes. And then they'll die. So everyone dies before you have a rad trigger that goes off. Right, okay, yes. In a Born Upon a Wind world, I don't like this as much as a win condition. I'd rather do... <laughs> 
I'd rather do Ukuma because um, the I know the last Grixis player is gonna be like in upkeep before my main phase, yeah. born upon a wind, win the game. And I'm, oh, gonna I was be like, even, uh, I'm sorry, I thought you meant I'm gonna born upon the wind, do this combo, and then die before my opponents die. <laughs> No, not that. I think I'd rather Ukuma food chain for this. If I, I want to do so too. a yeah. Saltai food chain. Because at least that thing's a beater. Like, at least you can put counters on Ukuma and Ukuma can't be blocked. I'd rather do Ukuma food chain too, but um, I've never played more than five minutes of a Fallout game. I will be excited when the Skyrim and the Elder Scrolls secret layers come out. Is that coming? Is that happening? No, but, uh, but it, like in theory, that would be cool. Now that we know that Bethesda is a company that they could be working with, like I, I'll also be excited for like if we do Dishonored. That's another little video game series I fucking love. Can they do RuneScape? You don't. I'm sure that's something that will come up eventually. RuneScape. That would be cool. That RuneScape would be so fucking sweet. I would yeah. love that. Holy cow! <laughs> Should we move on to some other stuff going? on in 2024 let's talk about um outlaws of thunder junction this here cowboys, right this is cowboys yeah this is oko cowboys is that what we're expecting right oh my god oko is in this set yeah they can't make it as busted as the last one right <laughs> that would be a little probably not do you think so oh is oko gonna be simic or do you think we're gonna have a simic oko i don't know i don't think it's changed colors has it so this oko and the art that you can see on screen here this is looking a little red there are some red colors. You think in there. we're gonna get like a Ooh, red Oko? A Oko, maybe. Yeah. To be honest, I don't know much about the story, but that would kind of make sense, I guess. So a lot of planeswalkers aren't planeswalkers anymore because of what happened in March of the Machines. Right. Did Oko get hit by that? Is Oko gonna be a legendary creature that we could have access to as a commander? If you know the lore, you probably have the answer to that, but we don't. We don't. I don't know. So no. Are we expecting like cowboy as a creature type? I would be surprised if the term cowboy is on a card. Yeah, that would that would be a little silly, but you like I think something more like renegade or oh. wrangler or like I think a more neutral term would be used instead of something like yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. You can't really do cowfolk. That kind of sounds like merfolk, but cow people. Yeah, I, I definitely. Feel, you, you had a conversation with the mind, well, who, right, with the mind the sculptors, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have a whole thing going on with their audience about what cowfolk means. Okay. And obviously it's people that also have cow attributes. Yeah, cow on the top, human on the bottom. Or is it human on top, cow on the bottom? Because human on the top, cow on the bottom is kind of like a... Or is it like Seder my almost. thought? It's like like a milk tank, like a human milk tank, <laughs> like the Pokemon just milk like, tank. Okay, just like a human overall. with like huge fucking udders like, on the like front. A, a humanoid cow. Yeah. Okay. A humanoid cow. That's what I'm thinking. Um, I don't know what to expect. If you told me this set was coming a couple years ago, I would have been like, guns don't belong on Magic cards. I would have been annoyed. But at this point. Anything belongs on a magic card, so if, I don't know. If in Mortal Kombat, there's a character with guns that's Ooh. shooting people, and yeah. they're just, like, getting back up and fighting again, like, <laughs> I guess I can make believe that's happening here, too. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I truly don't know what to expect. I imagine we'll see some vehicles. Ooh, what if we see, like, horse vehicles? Like, you can ride a horse, like a vehicle, but it's a horse? We should see that for sure somehow, a right? A creature. I think they should just put crew on creatures is really what it oh, should be. How would they do that? Because you can't. The creature can't be. Maybe it will have text to say it can't attack unless, unless it's, it's crude. crude. But like, I wouldn't want. I would hate to see a horse as an artifact. Yeah. Because a horse is a creature. Right. Because it's historically been a creature. Horses are creatures in magic. Yeah, that would be cool if they did something like that. A commander or something that said horses cannot attack unless they're crude. But yeah. crude horses get plus three plus three or something. Yeah, like, and you know what like I mean? a busted upside. That then. would be yeah. kind of interesting to allow you to kind of like ride your horses and stuff. That would be super. I hope they do that. That'd be funny. I'm excited for what the land cycle is gonna look like. Like a bunch Ooh. of just like Wild West towns and, and land stuff. cycles. Yeah. I wonder if we'll, I wonder if we'll go back to deserts, like have like the Ooh. desert subtype. 
Does that make sense? For you know, there's a ton of, of cactuses in this photo here. So, so that kind of that's what I'm thinking initially. This is just gut reaction. I haven't read much about what others are expecting. This is just what I would expect. We're looking at pictures and judging what's coming out based off pictures. Yeah. <laughs> so, what about guns? Would guns be like an equipment that you can like? tap to deal two damage to something or something like that i think they'd be it would still be like a sword like a it would oh, still be like a sword but maybe there's like a reload mechanic that goes like it comes into play with like three charge counters on it and it does something like a, like bows have done that that's like, true bows have done bow of nylea like you have to tap it and it does an effect i imagine the cool cowboy guns you'll have to tap them and i would think two damage to a creature or one damage or a damage to a creature or something it should be more damage than a bow and arrow though right you would think you would think it should be kind of a lot of damage actually do you think that other planes are gonna find out about the existence of gunpowder and then we're gonna start to get like even more mechanized things and like two years from now we're gonna have legit fucking tanks and rpgs and magic the gathering and that's what probably it is. yeah probably i think we well no they're gonna keep the fantasy element obviously but i think we are opening the doors more and more to more futuristic stuff not that cowboys is futuristic but from where we were in magic it feels very futuristic in a couple of. years we'll see like outer space laser guns Ooh. and it's going to be much more sci-fi we already had the infinity set that recently was space themed right and that's how they tested it yeah they tested it and probably went over i don't know did it go over well i thought the lands looked awesome the yeah. space lands so people only care about the lands from those sets yeah, that's, that's how they true. sell packs is yeah. they put cool lands in it and then like a handful of people care about the rest of the cards. yeah i surely would not buy anything from the set without those lands modern horizons three is also coming out in 2024 this one's i feel like this one's gonna have some powerhouses i think we're gonna see a lot of really powerful creatures from this set and a lot of pretty powerful two and three mana spells that might be hard to fit into cedh decks but are probably really worth putting in yeah i think even though this is a modern master set and the set will be designed for modern magic is run by commander right now commander yeah. is the top dog it's the biggest selling thing and they keep that in mind so even though the modern cards will be pushed i think they still will be like playable in a cdh sense so i definitely imagine them doing more things like a each opponent that would be good in regular 1v1 yeah. each opponent you got one but in multiplayer each opponent becomes more um i would expect more cards like that just overall but in this um set in particular because although they want to sell to modern players they're still going to want to sell to, to casual commander players, players, commander too, players. Yeah, especially because this is going to be a set that's going to be priced a little bit higher too yes, exactly they're going to need some big heavy hitters for commander players i think historically other things that we tend to see in these sets are callback cards to other cards so maybe legendary creatures that didn't get cards will get them now so we'll certainly see a lot of commander options that will come up from here as well a lot of like i would say two two three color commander options primarily here i wonder if since we were ravnica is probably gonna be two color focused i wonder if modern horizon modern horizons or the oko cowboy set will be like three color centered or mono color centered or like a different not two color i you could know what see I mean? that yeah like leaning more towards the three color stuff modern horizons i I'm not, I'm not sure in the past i feel like they've they're more like mono color focused with the powerhouses but i don't know i'm not sure if that's true i feel like they have oh, in this last one i feel like they have been because like the big ones that we got are like dothy void walker esper sentinel and all of the that's what elementals think, yeah. were all singular colors when so. i think of the modern master sets those are the cards that i think of so that's why i'm saying that but yeah either way we'll get some strong cards for sure for yeah that for will CDH. definitely be like one of that's probably like the set i'm most excited for for cedh yeah. because i feel like we'll certainly get like a couple of sprinkles throughout the year from all these other sets but this is the one that i'm expecting to have the most power in and have the most impact and i've also been playing a lot more modern recently so i'm also just excited for modern cards me too right like that's also going to be fun and cool timeless by the way oh yeah have you in played it? arena yeah. no but oh. i've been seeing a lot of other people playing like straight up modern jun in timeless Ooh, yeah well you can play necropotence why would you do that 
because <laughs> I can play Jund. I can play Bloodbraid Elf and Orcish Bowmaster and Ragavan all in the same deck. That's true. Yeah, we you you want you should make some timeless content. I think for oh, Patreon. Hell yes, I will be doing that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> all right. Cool. All right. Do you want to talk about some more of these sets? We're gonna get an Assassin's Creed set. I never or, played Assassin's Creed. Did you? I have played Assassin's Creed. I don't think this is a set. This is a Universes Beyond that we're getting. It's a Universes Beyond offering. It'll have new boost, boosters, boosters that are non-draftable. Okay. So it's probably like five cars in a booster pack or something. In probably Assassin's something Creed's like card. that. Yeah, like a little gotcha thing. Does they jump on the roofs in this game, right? They do, yeah. yeah. Everyone's incredibly difficult to control in this game, oh, in really? my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I always jump on ledges and fences when I don't want to be on ledges and fences. And then I'm like, I'm not sneaking anymore. All right, yeah. I yeah. get frustrated with these games. What kind of creature types? Is it just like humans? What are the, are the bad guys like... What are they? Do you remember anything about them like that? They're all humans. I think this is going to be mostly based on like stealth, rogue. I think we're going to see a lot of cool equipment too. I know the hidden blades, the hidden wrist blades are like a very iconic weapon from this game. So I'm sure that we'll see them. There's a lot of different, I don't know the full story, but this is what I know about the small amount of Assassin's Creed games that I've played. I finished two and I've played four. Okay. And I know that there's always some kind of simulation that somebody's in where they're basically playing the game as this person in history where you're walking around Italy or you're sailing the seas on oh, as a they, pirate. They travel time, right? Yeah, the you're traveling in time. Travels. You're okay. in Greece. The one for the PS5 I most recently played, you're a Viking, so you're in like England in like Worcestershire and shit like that. I wonder if there'll be a time walk, an extra turn type of spell or something like that. You know what? I could see that. Yeah. Something like, like time sieve. Would time sieve cool- work? Yes, I could see that. Yeah. I wonder if they'll if they could reprint time sieve as something in Assassin's Creed or just make something like it. But I think that the the characters themselves that you go back and that you you actually play as will get some legendary creature cards. Ezio is the name of the character that you see here. I'm pretty sure. Okay, he's one of the more famous ones. So I'm would sure he be we'll a planeswalker if he's going through time? Do you think they'd make him into a planeswalker? I think if anything, the characters like the modern day human people they would do as planeswalkers. But like Ezio himself doesn't travel through time. Oh, okay, interesting. He himself is stationary. Like the people that are going into the simulations are playing are simulating as different people in every game interesting okay cool that'll be fun i don't know yeah it'll be fun it'll be cool it'll be interesting to see yeah i don't know enough about that game series to it's one of those series that like i play a lot of video games for the gameplay and just skip the story yeah i'm a terrible video game <laughs> player <laughs> you just want the action i just want the action yeah, and the that. cool stuff all right moving on let's go to the next step I, what is it bloomborough i have no idea what to expect from this bloomborough is another new plane showing off world of anthropomorphic animals with no humans what's anthropomorphic mean that Where's means Tyler? that's animals with human qualities oh uh, uh is this like furry stuff remember the cow folk that we were talking about <laughs> But yeah, okay, cool. I don't know much more about it besides to make any speculations, but... We're going to see a lot of cute animals, and and maybe some of them will be CEDH. I wonder if it'll push any typos to be a little more prominent. You know, any more, like, themes like a rat rat deck. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. You know what? Rats in non-black. Hmm. I would expect to see here, which I think Some could be cool. Some color shifting animals, maybe? Some color shifting here, yeah. I can't imagine that this 
mouse that we're looking well, I mean, this could also be a mouse. This could also be creature type mouse, but... Should we move on to the next one? Yes. So the final set of the year for this year is going to be Duskmorn House of Horror. And now this is quarter three, and we do have four quarters in a year, so there may be others that either haven't been released or we just don't know of yet. This is at least this release cycle. Their year it might be different than the calendar year. Okay, sure. House of Horror. What the hell? That sounds really fun. Top-down modern horror set. Think 70s, 80s horror movie. And is this my dream? It, yeah, it's going to be different kinds of horror than Innistrad and Phyrexia, which you're the horror guy. What what kinds of horror are Phyrexia and Innistrad? Well, so it's not going to be gothic, so it's not going to be vampires, werewolves, creatures like that. Okay. Phyrexian is also similar, like almost like alien-type creatures, so it's going to be horror, so that probably means like— Oh, like the cosmic horror kind of I stuff. I wonder if we we'll get see. like stuff like Freddy and Jason and like, like that type of horror, because oh. when you say 70s and 80s, I think like— a guy in a mask or Mike something Myers like that. Mike Myers and stuff and like that. that. So my gut says maybe we'll go there or maybe we do like some of the more campy stuff. So it'll be kind of ridiculous and over the top and not quite as scary. Like big, clowns I'm thinking maybe clowns. and leprechauns Can and we stuff. we get some clowns and leprechauns Yo, maybe? killer scary clowns in magic. It's Killer way... clowns from outer space. If we can get the secret layer for that, my my life will be made. So yeah, I, that would be cool. I... I imagine the, the black cards in the set will be pushed. If we're doing horror-themed, that's what that, I'm thinking yeah. right away, is the black cards might be a little bit extra pushed in this set. Is Freddy Krueger an 80s character? Sure is, yeah. Cool. Yeah, we could, I don't know, like, if we get secret layers for some of, like, the big, like, heavy hitters, like Jason and Freddy and all those, that would, holy shit, sell a ton. Now, is, like, the mummy wolfman, like... These kind of classic Ooh, names they say too. Seventies and eighties, and those stuff are pre seventies and eighties. Pre seventies, so 80s. I don't know that they'll. They still might, but I would not say the mummy. I would not say Wolfman, especially if they went out of their way to say not like in a stride. Not in a Definitely not Wolfman. Then so yeah. maybe. Um, and they didn't say like classic horror. They said like think seventies, eighties. Oh, good point. Yeah. Um, so, so that's I, definitely more like the DLC characters from Mortal Kombat Eleven. Then. That doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, what does that it's mean? It's like Jason okay. and like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre yes. guy. Yep, Texas, yeah. that's his name, Texas Chainsaw Massacre guy. <laughs> In the credits, it's so long. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre Yeah, that's that's when my first thought is I think we'll get some cards like that, which could be pretty cool. What about Hannibal Lecter? Ooh, yeah, I think Hannibal Lecter was... What year did that movie come out? Silence of the Lambs? I think what that might have came out in the, like the early 90s maybe, but still, I feel like it's probably close enough. 91 yeah 91 right so but yeah we might get some sort of cannibal i wouldn't be surprised if they stretched a little you know the, i'm sure they'll have like a whole cannibal clan probably Ooh, maybe that'll be interesting and i wonder if we'll get like some like other like horror tropes like a you know a, a girl running away who trips over something or you know the guy who makes the stupid decision and oh, tries yeah. to fight the guy and the guy just gets head chopped off or something like that like i wonder if we'll get any fun tropes like that how innistrad is kind of tropey i mean it says top down and if i know what top down means that means lore first right yes exactly so yeah that's what i'm looking for for me that's like a dream set i'm really excited about that no no top down means Am they have the setting first and by setting i mean like they know the theme first that's what I mean. yeah lore first that's what i meant like it's oh okay bottom up technically means lore first because oh. they're building it off of the magic story they're taking the magic story and they're saying oh this is what this character does in the story so we're gonna build it like this top down is when they go well this is frankenstein yeah. we're gonna make a card based on that's top down that's what i'm saying this is top down lore first frankenstein source material is the word that you're looking for I think. To me, lore means like magic lore, which means bottom up. Source material is top no, down. No, bottom up is the got the mechanics first, right? Like Innistrad was top down. 
Innistrad's Tap Down, yeah. Yeah, lore Which is, first. They it's take about the, a vampire, the lore. They've got the story, to, all right, and all then right. they make the card about it. So to me, I'm using the word lore to refer to the magic story. You're using the word lore to refer to, refer to like the Dracula story. So yeah. I think we just got our wires crossed for a second. If it was magic both lore, right? If it was magic lore based, like is War of the Spark top down or is War, War of the, the Spark? Spark is bottom up because they they take cards based off the story in War of the Spark. I thought bottom up meant it's mechanics first. They want to use threshold and they make a set about threshold. They want to use kicker and they make a set about kicker. That's what I thought bottom up means. But what the fuck do I know? You probably listen to more Mark Rosewater podcasts than I did. I thought top down is. Start with Frankenstein, make a card about Frankenstein, and bottom up is make a big creature and then say, oh, this is Frankenstein after we make the big creature. Okay, so the most broad definition of bottom up is a bottom up, this is Wikipedia, a bottom up approach is piecing together of systems to give rise to more complex systems, thus making the original systems subsystems of the emergent systems. This is something different. We need magic. What is this? We need specifically magic related bottom up. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think you're right then. Yeah. Wizards designs on a mechanical theme for a new set, usually a broad one, and designs an in-universe setting with that gameplay theme in mind. That's okay. So, okay. Yeah, so this set would be top-down, like they said, and also War of the Spark is top-down. So this is lore first. That's what this is. So it's going to be cool 80s tropes. It's going to be tropey, I think. That's my big prediction. Sometimes... A bottom-up set never pins down a story or a location. Right, because the story's not wow. important. Yeah. It's just... Hmm. Uh, I totally mis- just misremembered all this then. Wow. I was like, oh, I'll find something that proves me right. And, <laughs> and I what did not. if I not. read it differently? Yeah, I feel like a fucking anti-vaxxer all of a sudden. <laughs> but no, now I'm, I'm... But I'm not. I'm changing my opinions based on new facts that I came up with. That's fucking stupid name anyway. Why is it so close? This all just right. Name it story first, set first. Sto- yeah, right. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I have one last thing that we want to talk about. It turns out we might not even be getting around to our next segment here. I have one other thing I want to talk about prediction-wise. Do you have any predictions for the CEDH community in general? Now that we've finished talking about the sets that are coming out next year, yeah. any predictions for what might happen in the community? Well, I think, I said this a little before, the future of Magic is Commander. I think that's where all roads lead right now. So I would see more Commander things but more commander events. I think that means more tournaments. I think that means more magic cons. I think more things like tournaments where there are 100, 200 people, but only for casual commander might pop up more. Things like magic cons, which are a lot of casual play, but I personally haven't seen a ton of just like events that are for casual commander. I see the CDH tournaments and I see the big magic cons, but I think smaller casual commander focused events and by smaller i mean like one to 200 people i want to i think more of those will happen and i think also more cdh tournaments will happen more um community building tournaments i think will rise up in specifically the commander space in in person specifically i want to say too because we already do have a a good number of online tournament circuits that are going on i know chaos is doing their own tournaments playing with power does their mox masters circuit as well um but i know that you know we're also trying to get more quarterly circuits off the ground in our local game stores too so i think and i'm also there's people reaching out to us by email telling us about their game circuits that they're doing even in like europe and stuff too so so it's, it's super cool to see that it's continuing to grow in more of a local setting as well. And I think we'll just see that more and more, too. Yeah. And like you said a little bit, like, I want to push that for us, too. Like, I want us to start yeah. more, you know, pushing our local CDH scene and, and building out like an actual in-person local scene. And I think others are wanting to do the same thing, too. And I think we'll start to see a lot more of like an on the online push just continue to grow with it, too. Sure, yeah. 
Moxfield has asked me for my birthday, <laughs> and now I need my birthday in my Moxfield account. So I'm suspecting, and based off things I've I've seen on Twitter, totally expecting social media on, on Moxfield now. Oh for, yeah, yeah. That's totally what. I, that's my prediction for 2024. Moxfield, make it happen. Yeah, and I I wonder if an app. You know, if I ever get an app. I know Harry says, "What's the point of an app?" I like apps. I don't know. Honestly, I would probably have Moxfield open on my phone significantly more if I had an app for it instead of having to pull up Safari and have it be a web. Safari. Browser all the time. I do Chrome. I'm on an you do iPhone. Safari. You use an i. Yeah, you have Chrome on your iPhone. I use Chrome on my iPhone. Yeah, Safari sucks. I hate it. Well, I know, but like, it's. I didn't know that I could just get the other one. Oh on my yeah, iPhone. you just get Chrome. At least I have it. I got it somehow. That would make my life <laughs> infinitely easier. Just look it up in the App Store. It's there. We'll, we'll get it after this. <laughs> You know how you're talking about, like, we should do more content where we find stuff out? Is this what you meant? Yeah. <laughs> we make a discovery. Yeah. You can download Chrome on your phone. That's so funny. How long have we been going for? Do we have time for another segment? 58. We can wrap it now, or we can, if you want to do another segment, we can. We This is a pretty long segment. We'll save it for next time. Because we, we have a lot of stuff to talk about, and I feel very strongly about All right. Well, it's been topic. A, it's been almost an hour. We have another segment. I think we talked about two segments in our brand new topics of segments, but we'll save the long one for the next podcast. I'm pretty sure we talked about one segment. It's just been one thing. <laughs> this podcast was just one huge fucking segment. All right. Well, we can ramble about magic. We learned that about ourselves today. We, yeah. We didn't know that before. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching. If you like to support us directly, you can do so on Patreon, like our $100 patrons, which really means a lot right now because I am currently going part-time and making my way towards full-time within the next few months. So any additional help that you can give us on Patreon would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much to these people. Big shout out to Devlin, Mark Cirillo, Alan but in lowercase, Zachary Nelson. Uh. She doesn't even go here. Saul Calacura, Stormageddon, Luke Cook, AJ Alwosebi, Demon of Rosgrees, Uncle Butts, Kawaja A. Hamid, Lauren Connell, and Baby G-Bus. If you want to pick up any of our merch, you can do that at playtowinmtg.com. Big shout out to Dragon Shield for supporting the show. Make sure you use our affiliate link down below and get 5% off your order with code PLAYTOWIN5. Check us out on Instagram, TikTok, and uh, Twitter for more content. Thank you so much for watching. See you next time. Zachary Coulson, Alex Musselman, Tyler H, X Tyler the Tree X, Malcraft, Driving Crooner, Jabaha, Dalton Poteet, Kadonis, Lutri's Dad, Mitchell Shepard, Justin, Man Solo, Pedro, Jacob Depp, Michael Ballou, Jan Wildfang, Thomas Bueno, and David Nelson. We just blew out the candle. Ah, oh, candle. The candle. We blew out that candle. It's so smoky now. <laughs> what a weird candle sound. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.